First Timothy chapter one verse five, and you know theme verse for next year. Now the end of the commandment is charity out of a pure heart and of a good conscience and of faith unfeigned. And I suppose as we consider next year, your mind may fall itself into thinking that it's still too far to think about. Uh, the likelihood, though, is our time will fly. And before we can blink, it'll be 2018. And what we're going to be challenged about this evening, though, shouldn't have to wait until next year to be rectified or applied. Uh, the truth of the matter is we ought to be authentic Christians today and every day. The challenge that Paul gave to his son in the faith, Timothy, was this, to have unfeigned faith. Simply it was this, it was to have a reality about what he believed. The challenge was for Timothy to live in such a way that demanded a verdict of authentication in regard to his Christianity. And I believe that, we, that as we live in a time that demands, uh, demands reality in our lives, that we ought to live in a way that the verdict for us would be true also that we are authentic in our Christianity. See, the world is too full of counterfeit people who claim to be the real deal, when in all reality, they have nothing at all real about them. They're fake people, living in a fake world, listening to fake news. In contrast to that, we are to live lives of authenticity according to our Maker's specifications. See, God can't be fooled by our fakery. God can't be fooled by masks that we put on. God can't be fooled by, by the way we, we, would, uh, we, would, uh, we would address one another. God knows those who would be authentic in His sight. And I want to challenge you as a church to be real in your walk with God. To be real in your witness for God. To be real in your service for God. To be real in your stewardship for God. And to be real in your fellowship with God's people. The world is in too dire need for, reality, uh, for the reality that we have for us to fake our way through this time. And so we're going to consider there the, the challenge that Apostle Paul gave, but then also consider a man in the Old Testament that I believe exemplified authenticity in his faith. If, uh, faith. And if you turn to Daniel chapter 6 this, uh, this evening, you might have guessed already that we're going to really focus in on Daniel. Daniel. And we're going to consider here in Daniel chapter 6 a situation that he faced that I believe exemplified authenticity, authentic living, authentic faith. And in verse 1, the Bible says, It pleased Darius to set over the kingdom 120 princes, which should be over the whole kingdom. And over these three presidents, of whom Daniel was first, that the princes might have accounts unto them, and the king should have no damage. So he, he's, he's dividing the kingdom in the sense of he, he's, he's setting uh, different tiers of leadership, and he's put Daniel as he's really his second in command. Then this Daniel in verse 3 was preferred above the presidents and princes because an excellent spirit was in him. Notice that he had an excellent spirit. And an excellent spirit was in him, and the king thought, uh, thought to set him over the whole realm. And so really, in, in, from all intents and purposes, Daniel was second in charge. He was just below uh, the, the king here, Darius, and Daniel was preferred above the other presidents. Why? Because he had an excellent spirit. 
Okay, this meant that Daniel was a cut above the rest. He was the real deal. He was the cream of the crop. He was the gold standard. He was the undeniable and unfaltering prince of, the, of those who were princes. He was authentic. And when the, the king observed Daniel, there was just something about him that was just, just, just shouted that he was an authentic uh, person of his faith. But then notice what happened there because of that in verse 4. Then the presidents and princes sought to find occasion against Daniel concerning the kingdom. And there was some jealousy as a result of that. And so as a result of that, these people you know, went against him, the other princes. And, and don't be surprised, church, tonight, if you, uh, if you would stand up uh, and, and live in a way that is authentic in, in your Christianity and in your faith, that the world does not accept that. In fact, they'll try to, to, to find a way to trip you up and find a way to persecute you a little bit. Don't be surprised about that. And so these people, they, they were going to try to trip up Daniel. They, they, but notice what happened here, and notice what was true of Daniel. They could, uh, they, but they could find none occasion nor fault. For as much as he was faithful, neither was there any error or fault found in him. That's an amazing statement to me. As they observed Daniel, he was faithful and they couldn't find any error. They couldn't trip him up. He was too consistent like we spoke about this morning. He was too much, uh, too real and too authentic in what he believed. And then notice what they did. Then said these men, we shall not find any occasion against this Daniel, except we find it against him concerning the law of his God. So they were saying the only way we're going to uh, find a way to, to trip up Daniel is if we would, just, we would just look at the law of God Look how he lives and look at a way to, to, to trip him up that way, to perhaps outlaw something that he's too consistent in, too real in. And so they concocted this plan. Then these presidents in verse 6 and princes assembled together to the king and said thus unto him, King Darius, live forever. So they get an audience from the king, uh, before the king, and they say all the presidents of the kingdom, the governors, the princes, the counselors, and the captains have consulted together to establish a royal statute. And to make a firm decree that whatsoever shall ask a petition of any god or man for 30 days, save of thee, O king, he shall be cast into the den of lions. And you know the story. Uh, they, they concocted this plan to outlaw any type of prayer unless it was a prayer directly to the king. And knowing Daniel, that Daniel was a man who had a, a prayer life, a man who would pray three times a day, they knew that they could trip him up that way. And so... Without really thinking, Darius goes ahead and writes it into law. And, and you know the rest of the story later on, Daniel is found to be praying. And we notice here that Daniel, he was a man who lived an authentic life for God. And I want you to note that this was, this was true of Daniel. That, and we often forget that he was in a place that was a hostile place. Hostile to his, his, his faith, hostile to the way that he was meant to live. It, it was a, a, a place that was contrary to the faith. And it again reminds me of how we need to be in our time. You know, the, we live in a time that is really unfriendly to true Christianity. We'd like, they'd like us to be, uh, to be clouded under this banner of toler, uh, being tolerant and, and just excusing sin and just excusing any lifestyle. But that's not real faith. That's not real Christianity. We need to stand up for something and we need to stand up for the truth of the Word of God even today. 
And we might be in a hostile time. We might be in a time that's contrary. And we might yet see more times that will be contrary to the faith that was once delivered by the saints. But we better be the type of person like Daniel who stand up and be real about what he believed. And I want you to note that this was true of Daniel in this time, in this time of opposition. But then even early on in the captivity, look at Daniel chapter 1. Notice what happened here even early on. There was just something about Daniel that, that made him preferred. And notice here in verse 3, And the king spake unto Ashpenaz, the master of his, of his eunuchs, that he should bring certain of the children of Israel and of king's seed and of the princes, children in whom was no blemish, but well-favored and skillful in all wisdom, and cunning in knowledge and understanding science, and such as had ability in them to stand in the king's palace, and whom they might teach the learning and the tongue of the Chaldeans. And the king appointed them a daily provision of the king's meat, and of the wine which he drank, so nourishing them three years at the, at the end thereof, they might stand before the king. Now among these were of the children of Judah, Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, unto whom the prince of the eunuchs gave names, for he gave unto Daniel the name Belteshazzar, and to Hananiah of Shadrach, to Mishael of Meshach, and Azariah of Abednego. And notice here, as they were being handpicked for this, as they were feeling the pressure to conform, that Daniel did something, but Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with the portion of the king's meat, nor with the wine which he drank. Therefore he requested of the prince of the eunuchs that he might not defile himself. And what character? See, the, the, he, his, his faith would cost him too much and it was too real for him to just compromise when the pressure was on. Even from right from the beginning of Daniel's story, we see that this young man, and, and later on the older man, Daniel, stayed consistent, was a, a real deal kind of Christian. He, uh, sorry, kind of person of faith. Daniel had, 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 had authenticity about what he believed in. And Daniel had some determination about him that precluded that situation he faced and the opposition that was obviously before him. Daniel, what I'm saying is this, he was true blue. All right, he was fair dinkum. He was just the real deal. He, he was just authentic in what he believed in. And that's the kind of Christians, and that's the kind of Christianity that we need to live by today. And we're going to face sometimes, and, and I want you to know three things really quickly about Daniel in, that he was authentic in. And we're going to learn these lessons tonight as we think about authentic living in, in, a, in a world that is in opposition. And I firstly, I want you to note that he was authentic in his disposition. Daniel had a manner of life that was distinct and, and determined. He purposed. He lived with purpose. He was distinct. And, and you know, your life will always follow what you truly believe. Your behavior will always follow what you truly believe, what is truly real to you. And it was said about Daniel in verse 4, they couldn't find none occasion nor fault. For as much as he was faithful, neither was there any error or fault found in him. Daniel had shown a distinct manner of living that was consistent both publicly as observed by those other princes, but then also privately as they stalked him, as they tried to find dirt about him. Daniel had shown a distinct manner of living, both in his public and private life. And when you observe Daniel, he had a manner of life that spoke volumes of his faith. 
When you observed him, you could conclude by watching him that he was indeed one that believed in Jehovah God, that it, that it was a real thing to him. And I'm reminded of, of different characters of, in the Bible. We think about our Lord Jesus, who was faithful. We understand that as Jesus was observed, there were some things that he did. It was his custom. He had a manner of life that was distinguishable. In Luke 4.16, about the Lord Jesus, it said about him, he came to Nazareth where he had, he had been brought up and as his custom was, that means it was his habit, that was his manner of life, it was his, his schedule, it was something that just observable about him. As his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up for to read. And it was just something about even the Lord Jesus where he was just consistent, where he was just real. And we understand that he was very God himself, right? And yet he was authentic in his manner or in his disposition. We think about Abraham, whom we spoke about this morning in Genesis 18, 19, for I know him. Again, he had a manner of life that was distinct. He was faithful. Again, he, he had a faithful heart. He was, heart. he was faithful before God in Nehemiah chapter 9. And understand that if we're going to be authentic, we need to firstly just be authentic in our manner of living. You know, it ought not to be where, where we, light, uh, we, we hide our light under the bushel. We ought to shine, the Bible tells us, to let your light so shine before men that they might see your good works and therefore glorify God which is in heaven. And listen, today's not the, this day that we live in is not the time to be fake about your walk with God, about your manner of living. You know, the, in our world today, it's so obvious when we're just putting it on. When we're not really passionate about the things of God. When we're just going about and we're just going through and we're just trying to put on the clothes. We're just trying to say the right words. When in all reality, it's not real in here. And we need to be the kind of people that firstly, just like Daniel, is authentic in their disposition. How's your manner of life? How's your conversation before man and before God? Uh, how is it? How is it observable in your life, your custom? You know, it ought not to be, young people, that you're ashamed to say what you do on the weekend. It ought not to be, church, that as we speak to our colleagues around the workplace, that, that, that we shy away from even praying the name of Christ, in the name of Christ, before them, just for our, simply our food. It ought not to be that, that when we're observed, there's no way we're found authentic there's no way that, that, that when they piece the evidence together that, that they can conclude that we're anything else. It ought to be that as they observe our lives, they, they, can, uh, they can conclude, boy, this person's a person of faith. They're Christian. There's something different about them. And so firstly, authentic in disposition. Notice secondly about Daniel. He was authentic through difficulty. See, Daniel had a... Had a Matter, uh, matter that of faith that withstood rigorous testing. And you know, you, you, ever, you ever buy something that, that nearly looked like the real deal, but wasn't quite. I, I was speaking to our young people today how the first time I went to Thailand, we went over to, you know, the markets, and there were some watches there that, you know, just uh, were, looked expensive. All right, there were, there were Tag Heuer watches. Uh, there were Bretling watches. For those of you who are watch connoisseurs, all right, those are, those are pretty top brand, really expensive. They're usually around $3,000 Australian, okay, minimum. But we were heading over there, and there were some that even weighed, weighed really heavy. 
There were some that just looked, they even spelt Bretling right. Right? It actually said Bretling, not Brett Lee. Right? It actually said it. It was just so, it looked so real. But then I remember one of our friends who were with us, I won't mention his name, but he came along. He's a bit of a watch connoisseur. And he, he purchased one. And then two months later, guess what? After wearing it every day, things started to fall off. <laughs> it was fake. And you know what? Uh, someone once told me this, that, that there's no uh, real faith is really tested. And, and you know, we're going to live in a time, uh, church, where I believe we're going to go through a little bit of difficulty. We're already starting to see it today. You know, we were speaking on the way here as we drove to church tonight uh, about, about certain books that, the, uh, that, that, the, that, the, that the, those who are on the left side of government, uh, they're trying to pull from our bookshelves. They, they think it's, it's hurtful. Or they think it's, uh, they think it's, it's, it's bad. And, and we look at that, and, and they're already starting to pull certain things. And, and you know, eventually what they're going to try to get to is this. The Bible's offensive. We better not read it. We better outlaw it. And it's heading that way. Uh, and, and those of us who believe in the Word and want to live by the book, we're going to face some difficulty. You know, it's easy to, to seem like you're living an authentic life when everything's going smoothly, when everyone's for you, when everyone seems to be all patting you on the back. But when the difficulties come, when the testing comes, I wonder if you're, you're going to have authentic faith then. In Daniel chapter 6 there, look at verse 10. Now when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, he knew about that, he knew the whispers, the, the writing was signed, he went into his house and his window, notice this being open in his chamber toward Jerusalem, he kneeled upon his knees three times a day and prayed and gave thanks before his God. And notice this, as he did a four time. During difficulty, nothing changed for Daniel. During difficulty, he still prayed as he did a fourth time. He wasn't afraid. He wasn't ashamed. He wasn't hiding the fact that he was a person who believed in Jehovah God. And I wonder how we would be when some persecution comes along our way. You see, Daniel wasn't just living his faith when it was easy. He did it no matter the circumstance. He was authentic even through difficulty. And later on, we note in verse 16, that, that once it was discovered that Daniel indeed was praying, then, then this is what happened. Then the king commanded and they brought Daniel and cast him into the den of lions. He knew the penalty. He, he knew the situation there. He knew the harm that it'll, uh, it'll, take, uh, it'll inflict upon him. And yet he still went along and he still lived authentically through difficulty. You know, he, he was authentic even though, even though he was going through some difficulty difficulty and and i wonder uh, for and i was challenged by this verse again in second timothy 4 2 preach the word be instant in season out of season reprove you rebuke exhort with all long suffering and doctrine and i was challenged about my calling and and you know i read all all, all over the the world where where same-sex marriage has been written in law about pastors being put into prison about those who are preaching against uh, the sin of homosexuality, uh, being put in prison just for believing and teaching what is true in the Word of God. And I was challenged again about this. I wonder if I will preach in season and out of season. I wonder when that time comes in our nation's history, and I, again, I pray, Lord, forbid it. Lord, Lord uh, stem the tide of that. But if that time comes in my lifetime, I wonder about me. 
I wonder if I'd be authentic in the difficulties that, we, that I'll face in that time. I wonder about you and I. I wonder if we'd still proclaim the gospel when it's hard. I wonder if at that time, when we go through some persecution, I wonder if we would just be, still be authentic even in, through the difficulty. I think about Job. He went through some testings, didn't he? And again, we mentioned him this morning. But he went through some testings and he, he, it brought about in his life, even though he was already a man who was righteous, who was shoot evil, it brought about some purification. And really what it did, it revealed what was authentic about Job. And I, I just believe this, that sometimes God allows difficulty to purify us, but also to reveal what is real. What is reality about us? What's authentic? Uh, he said later on in Job 42.5, I have heard of thee by the hearing of the ear, but now mine eye seeth thee. Boy, he got a dose of the reality of God and his holiness and his glory. And you know what? When we go through the difficulty, what is real? What is real will remain. That's, what's, that's all that's going to remain. What is real? In Job 23.10, but he knoweth the way that I take. When he hath tried me, I shall come forth as gold. And you know, you go through a purification process and, and it melts away all of the dross, all of what's fake, and it just remains, what remains is what's real, what's authentic. You know, in James 5.11, the Bible says, Behold, we count them happy with which endure. Ye have heard of the patience of Job, and have seen the end of the Lord, that the Lord is very pitiful and of tender mercy. He, he knew some things about God. He, he saw it with his own eyes. And you know what was real remained. And we know about Job that God blessed him double later on in his life. But you understand he had to go through some struggle, some difficulty, and, it remained, and he remained true. Daniel knew the, the cost and still he wasn't moved. And, and he, he was one that, that swore to his own hurt and he changed not. He committed something and he was real even through difficulty. Then lastly, and really quickly, he was authentic in his dependence. See, the, the, the reason why, the reason why Daniel could go through times of difficulty was he, he could trust God. Daniel trusted in God even when the consequences seemed, seemed to result in personal detriment. Uh, you know here in um, verse 19, look at, look at Daniel uh, chapter 6, look at verse 19. It says, then the king arose very early in the morning. And the king, as we know, preferred Daniel. He, he saw Daniel's uh, abilities. He saw Daniel's, uh, Daniel's ability to be used even in the kingdom. And so da the, the king Darius, he didn't want Daniel in the lion's den. But he had to. It was written in law. And so he goes, he checks in the morning in verse 19. Then the king arose very early in the morning and went in haste unto the den of lions. Of course, you, if you're, you have a friend who's in a den of lions, you'd rush there, wouldn't you? And when he came to the den, he cried with a lamentable voice unto Daniel. And the king spake and said to Daniel, Daniel, servant of the living God, is thy God whom thou servest continually able to deliver thee from the lions? He's worried. His voice quivered as he spoke that. Then said Daniel unto the king, O king, live forever. My God hath sent his angel and hath shut the lions' mouths that they have not hurt me for as much as before him innocency was found in me. And also before thee, O king, have I done no hurt. 
Then was the king exceeding glad for him and commanded that they should take Daniel up out of the den. So Daniel was taken up out of the den and no manner of hurt was found upon him. Why? Because he believed in his God. And the last thing I want to say this is, is Daniel was authentic in his dependence, in his trust in God. And, and you know, often our trust in God is only as authentic as the circumstance will allow. But again, Daniel, through hardship, through difficulty, through even the cost of his life, potentially, Daniel trusted God. And when it comes down to it, can we trust God or do we trust God completely? If it meant that, that we would live right, would we still live in a way that's, that's authentic and real? I think about his friends, the three Hebrew boys, and they wouldn't bend, they wouldn't bow. They had the spirit that God is able. And, and if you quickly turn to Daniel chapter 3 and, and look at the story here, Daniel chapter 3, you know the story that the, when the music played, they were to bow to the image. Them being followers of Jehovah God, believers in Him, they wouldn't bow. They wouldn't comply. And so they, they stood there and they were now going to be cast into the, the fiery furnace in verse 16. Notice what happens here, their response to, to Nebuchadnezzar who was in fury because of their, their lack of, uh, of compliance to this thing. And Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we are not careful to answer thee in this matter. If it be so, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace and he will deliver us out of thine hand, O king. But if not, be it known unto thee, O king, that we will not serve thy gods, nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up. And they were determined, weren't they? But you know what that revealed? They were authentic in their dependence. They just knew whichever way God decided, it was God. That God was able. That God willed it. You know, it's easy to, to say you trust God when everything has been handed to you, when everything, it seems like the outcome is sure. But authentic faith means that you trust God no matter how hopeless even the situation may seem. And you know, true trusting in the Lord, really it results in this glory for Him. We know the rest of the story in verses 28 and 29. The, the, there was four men in the fire. One was uh, like in the, in the likeness of the Son of God and they were delivered, not even a smell of the fire upon them. And verse 28, Then Nebuchadnezzar spake and said, Blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He says that, notice, a, a, a heathen king, blessed be the God. Therefore I make a decree that, that every people, nation, and language who speak, who speak anything amiss against the God. And so he decrees this thing where, where he's basically saying, there's no other God. I wonder how much glory God got out of that. We know later on, also in Daniel's situation, Daniel chapter 6, look at verse 25. Then King Darius wrote unto all the people, nations, and languages that dwell in all the earth, peace be multiplied unto you. I make a decree that in every dominion of my kingdom, men tremble and fear before the God of Daniel, for he is the living God, and steadfast forever in his kingdom, that which shall not be destroyed, and his dominion shall be even unto the end. A heathen king 
proclaiming glory to the real God. And listen, when you're authentic in your dependence on God, just don't forget, you can trust Him because He's real. Because He's able. It says in 1 Peter 1.7 that the trial of your faith being much more precious than of gold that perisheth, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto the praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. And when you depend on God through your hardship and testing, it witnesses to the reality of God. And really this, the authenticity of your faith in Him. And I wonder to this evening, would we, be, would we live in an authentic way? Are we authentic in our faith? Are we authentic in our disposition, in our manner of life? If it came down to it, would they pass a verdict that you are real? Would you be authentic through your difficulty? And, and maybe you're thinking, well, I haven't faced too many difficulties. Well, buckle your seatbelts. It's just around the corner, perhaps. And, and I wonder, even through difficulty, would we be authentic? And I wonder here, I wonder in our dependence, I wonder when, when it just seems like there's just no way out. I wonder if we would trust God, and I wonder if that would be real. I wonder if, our, if we would be authentic in our faith in Him. And, and I wonder tonight, if we would just be Christians who would just at least say, Lord, I need you. Lord, I need you to just help me through this time, empower me, enable me, and help me to stand for you. Help me to be a light that's real in our day. Let's pray. And Father, thank you, Lord God, for this time. and Thank you, Lord, for Lord, just the, the church. and Thank you, dear God, that, Lord, you've given us, Lord, a, Lord, a family to belong to, Lord, a, a time where we could be edified and built up in the faith. And yet, Lord, it's so needful in our time, Lord God, uh, to be people of authentic faith, uh, people who live authentic Christian lives. And Father, there's just too much going around that is claimed to be under you. But Lord, if we would just follow your word and follow you, and we would just submit to, to your way, Lord, I believe that, that we would show forth, Lord, praises unto you and show forth light that, that's needful in a time of darkness. I pray that you'd help us tonight even as we have Lord, just a, a time here of just prayer, of commitment. And let's just have every head bowed, every eye closed. And I thank you for being patient tonight. I don't want to take up too much longer of your time, but we are going to have some time of prayer. The piano is going to begin to play. Why don't we just, uh, why don't we just take some time? And I hope that you realize that each and every one of us here we have an opportunity to show forth something for the Lord in our generation I hope that, that we would take up the challenge of 2018 and, and live it already in our hearts today an authentic authentic Christian life I, I, I want to challenge you tonight uh, to come along and, and maybe with, with the person next to you, to you or, or your family, however the Lord leads you, I want to call you to the altar tonight. And I want you to signify before the Lord, I'm going to try by your power, by your grace, to live an authentic Christian life. And don't wait, don't delay. The altar's open for you this evening. I want to challenge you, young people, some of you young people going through high school, 
Some of you young people who, who every day you, you're tested, the pressure, the peer pressure, some of the things of, of faith, maybe you're, you're questioning your educational institutions and you, you need to hold strong in our day. I want to challenge you to come and, and pray tonight. I want to challenge our ministry leaders. Maybe you're in small groups. Maybe you're, uh, maybe you're, you're in a position where you're leading others. Would you be real? Would you live an authentic Christian life? Would, you, would that be the, the, the evidence of your life as you live in 2018, 2017? Would we just come to the Lord tonight and just commit and say, Lord, I'm going to be authentic as you would enable me to be. Here's my life. Take it. Let it be.